Hello, and welcome back to the Ultimate Playlist Podcast, full of choice tracks. I'm Tommy. I'm Damon. I'm Dietrich. And I'm Taj. <laughs> Very nice. Um, Taj, my, uh, I'm, uh, Tommy, and I'm the guest host today, I guess. Um, uh, I'm coming from Los Angeles, and I'm going to start with uh, uh, side A, I think, of this um, feel. That's yeah. terrible. That's not terrible. <laughs> you're fine. You're fine. No, you're just, side A is a good thing. Yeah. yeah. Side yeah. A is a great thing. So what do we do on side A? Yeah. Well, I'm going to talk about a theme, and I'm going to give you a song. Okay. Sounds yeah. good. My, my theme today is happy songs that are actually sad songs in disguise. That's a cool theme. I love that theme. That's a great yeah. theme. The, huh? So what did you uh, pick for, for that theme? So I chose um, a song by the Commodores. Um, this was a tough one for me because I there's a million of these songs that for me, I, I find it funny that there's people who sing all these songs and they're like, oh, it's my jam. And it's like a party song. But like when you listen to the lyrics, it's not so happy. Um, I chose a Commodore song because um, a friend of mine posted on Facebook about this song, um, uh, about how he wanted to play it for his anniversary. It's uh, easy like Sunday morning. Well, it's easy, but everyone says easy like Sunday morning. Um, and the song is really about um, a breakup, right? So he, he's basically saying, uh, I mean, the first line of the song is, babe, I'm leaving you, right? He's like, I'm leaving you tomorrow. And he's happy about it, which is, I guess, okay for him. Probably not so okay <laughs> for her. But, um, you know, I think we've all been there. Like, we've got to that point in the relationship where it's it's ended and it, we're more relieved that it's over and that we're finally stepping away from it, maybe. Um, so it's a bit about what the song's about, but I think most people hear it and they feel like it's a love song that's uh, about, like, she makes me feel easy like Sunday morning. She makes me feel good. And that's not really what it's about. So. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It, that makes, yeah, because that makes sense. I had heard the song before and... Um, but, you know, it, for the theme, I was like, okay, so I, I got to dig a little bit deeper. And I did hear that first lyrics. And I, it's weird. I kind of took it a little bit differently. I thought, like, it was trying to say, like, hey, it, it's easy to love me because there's no strings attached. Like, and that's what he's kind of saying. Like, I'm a no string attached person. So it's easy to love me. But, like, it, I'm, I could be gone any minute now because, <laughs> you know, it, it's no strings attached love. So, but yeah, it, it's, it's totally not like you said not a happy anniversary song but like you know it's it's easy to love you uh because you know you're my soulmate no it's like a no strings attached or easy because i'm leaving you which makes sense after you said that for sure so man this was a this was a banger um you came out swinging let me tell you why first of all for for one of many reasons this is one of the first times that Lionel richie actually got his solo um he was you know a musician inside of the commodores um he sung back up a lot um he did have some phrases and stuff that he would jump in but this is one of his first like solo tracks that he was singing out leading leading lead singer on um so shout out Lionel Richie for that bam 
Um, second thing is, yeah, when you are so disconnected from an individual that you feel like a weight is lifted off of your shoulders and I'm not even going to try to press you anymore. Like I'm just sitting back, like I'm cool with whatever decision you're going to do, Like I'm leaving and I'm good with it. That's when you know it's, it's past done. That shit is overdone. It is burnt to a crisp. And it's like, I can walk away with my head held high because I know I put everything into it. Or at least I know that I'm not going to let this bother me anymore. There is a proverbial weight lifted off of your shoulders, which is kind of crazy because, you know, when you're in relationships, you don't think they should be that hard, but they actually are. Uh, especially harder when you stop communicating. So the fact that he was able to put that into a song and put it out there for the masses and, and everybody took it as, Oh no, this is a great song. This is a chill song. I'm a, I'm a sit on my porch and I'm a drink with, with my lady, uh, some coffee and we're just going to watch the sunrise. And it's like, no, dude, you're supposed to be leaving right about now. <laughs> you're supposed to have your bags out the damn door, go to your own apartment and then sit back and kick, kick up and, and relax knowing that that's just over with. That's what it's for. Oh man, I'm glad you stopped your buddy. By the way, yeah, that that would have been uh, kind of embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> what do you oh, think, Damon? Oh, I, I, yeah, I love this one. I, I, I definitely, I, I think it disguises itself really well with the the happy sound. With like the beat they got going, the rhythm, um, Lionel Richie's voice, <laughs> and I've seen Lionel Richie at ACL. Like that was pretty good. Uh, yeah, no, he's a he's a great artist. I, I like how you brought that up, Dietrich. But um, yeah, yeah, it, it definitely set the tone for like a good mood. But it's like it's the shittiest that everybody's gone through. Most people, anyway, and. It's almost like it's the calm after the shitstorm. <laughs> You're like, God damn. Yeah. It's so like it all ended and, and like, okay, I got through it and I'm still good. I can keep, keep going. So. That's all it's it is. A, you it, come it's out a sad song side, disguised as a happy song. Uh-huh. It's kind of happy in a way, but like not really. <laughs> you don't want to be in that situation, but it's like, well, if you're there, you may as well fucking take it easy. Damn it. <laughs> you son of a bitch. It, it's all uphill from here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like anything compared to that. Ooh. Or it's the classic, well, it could be raining. <laughs> and it rains and you're like, eh. <laughs> Yeah, that hails. <laughs> exactly. All okay. right. Cool. So, well, I didn't hear that. Okay. So, at this time, uh, tell me you can actually go in order or you can pick who you want to hear their songs and, and see what they brought to the table. Well, Dietrich, what do you got? Oh, well, since you asked. Um, <laughs> uh, I brought uh, Oldie But A Goodie to the table. Um, this was 1967. It was on an album called Make It Happen. It was Smokey Robinson and the Miracles. Um, it was a song that, that literally shot to the top of the charts. And it's so happy-go-lucky that nobody really paid attention to um, the lyrics at the time of what he was singing because he just had this light, smooth voice that he just brought across everything, right? It's smooth falsetto is crazy but as tears of a crown or tears of a clown not clown um it was written by Smokey robinson hank cosby and stevie wonder and um really Smokey brought this to the table because 
he uh, remembers seeing one of his favorite operas, um, which was uh, Pagliacci. Um, if I mispronounce that, shoot, don't shoot me. You know, you, know, you can cut me a little bit, but don't shoot me. Um, but yeah, Pagliacci, if for those who don't know, it's a old opera um, based on a clown who, uh, by day, uh, comes home and finds that his wife is with another person, with another lover. And so he actually kills them or murders them in the opera. And, you know, he's, he's got a clown face on, so he's so, you know, everybody thinks he's crying because he's just, you know, they're just thinking that it's just a character when in actuality, you know, he's crying because, you know, he did this horrendous thing and he, he's heartbroken for all of it. Um, and in this situation, um, Smokey took the song and literally put it out from his point of view of the clown to the crowd, which is, you know, I'm I'm really dying inside, so to speak. Um, I, I really have nothing but sadness in me, but all you see is the clown face and, you know, you think it's part of an act, but it's really not. It's just me just being out there, being my truth, and I can't hold it in anymore. So tell me what y'all think about Smokey Robinson's Tears of a Clown. Yeah, I mean, I've always known that song. I'm, you know, I grew up with the madness version of it, um, mm-hmm. which is even more like upbeat, right? It's this ska mm-hmm. version of like, an, again, a really sad song, and you're like, it, yeah, I'm sadder than sad. Oh, baby, I'm sadder than sad, right? It's like, yeah. <laughs> But it, it's like a dance song when they sing it, right? Yeah, um, yeah. and it's different. Uh, you know, I, I the Tears of a Clown, like this version, like I think at that time to get radio play, things couldn't be overtly like they either had to be super sad, but they couldn't yeah. be somewhere in between. And I always think of uh, Delilah by Tom Jones. Like oh, that song's like, hey, it's like you you want to sing it. It's catchy. It's got this earworm, but it's about this guy who murders his girlfriend because she's cheating on him, right? And it's yeah. it, you know, like with that. That's, that's really dark, right? <laughs> so, yeah. this is a good. This is a great song. Here's of a clown. That, that's sad. <laughs> yeah, it is. But the song sounds so damn upbeat. Yeah. <laughs> So catchy. Well, well, see, I'm glad you brought up the the opera part because, like, the what it reminded me of was like the uh, the joke, and I can't remember it, but it's a classic joke where it's like a um, a clown goes to like a psychiatrist sink, or this normal guy goes to a psychiatrist sink. He's depressed, right? And he's like, "Oh, you're in luck. Like, there's a world famous comedian clown in town. You should go see him, and it'll make your world better." And he's like, "But that's I'm him." <laughs> And, and and that's how the joke ends. And you're like, that's it. <laughs> like, there is no way for him to go make him laugh, you know? And that's kind of what this song is. And you're like, yeah, like, but once you dig into it. But yeah, it's a catchy beat. Like, like yeah, he can make everybody else happy. <laughs> But himself, but yeah, yeah, and and that's kind of what I felt the song was going for, so for sure. I love Smokey yeah. Robinson. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> such a good pick. Yeah, no, that's like a. It definitely is a sad song. That sounds fun. <laughs> and then probably yeah, like I love this this uh, theme because it. I, I think it happens a lot, but like comedians, musicians are sad too. <laughs> and the sadder you are, the better your uh, your content is. <laughs> I think a lot of people can relate to that kind of stuff. So, but yeah, what a what a what a fucking nightmare <laughs> that the you know the the story behind this. But yeah, good song. Oh, guys, you got me saying that now, dude. I hate you. <laughs> it, but you haven't doubled it up. You're not cool, cool. <laughs> that, that's, what I, that's what I just did. I said yeah. cool, cool. And I was okay. like, oh, man, I'm doing it dark. That's all good though. Who's next on your hit list? Is that is that your thing, Taj? Is that your? Uh, <laughs> I, I, yeah. Do we get t-shirts made and <laughs> t-shirts. hats? 
<laughs> we, we talked about yeah. that. Everybody's got a slogan that they say. He's got That's two. The, the first is going to be cool, cool. And on the back, is going to say sorry. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and then there's going to be an extra shirt that says montage. It's a montage <laughs> day. Montage. Okay. <laughs> what's your song, Todd? Oh, what's my song? Okay. Yeah. So I, I went for kind of an obvious song. It was on the list because I was kind of having a little bit of, of, of uh, difficult, not a lot of difficulty, but a little bit of difficulty. So I, I know I went down the easy route and I did an easy one that kind of everybody knows, but it's a really like like almost bubblegummy like sweet song like it's there's no way this song can't get you you know dancing um so i picked 99 red balloons by naya nia i can't remember because it's nina. 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 Yeah. nina yeah yeah 99 red balloons so it, I had all, you know, I did do the research. So I had always heard that there was kind of like a dark side to this song, um, but like, it, you know, after digging in on the lyrics, it's really obvious, you know, uh, because they release balloons and then like they get bombed because people scramble because they don't, they think it's like some kind of air raid attack, and then they bomb the area. And what's what's interesting, what I wanted to point out, because like the song always stood out to me because it mentions Captain Kirk, and you're like. You know, it's one of those things being a Trekkie, like Kirk is, you know, he's like the original cowboy, you know, uh, star captain, you know, but Picard's always been the better <laughs> captain. But it makes sense. Agreed. It, I agree. It, it makes sense. <laughs> I, I, this song makes sense. You don't want a bunch of Kirks because Kirks will just go off the handle. Kirks would over panic and strike. I mean, Sanders good for himself, but fucking Picard is kicking I don't know if I would call it panic. <laughs> You know, it's interesting. I mean, you know, Nina's a German artist, right? And like right. at the time in the 80s, when the song came out, there was this like wave of like conservatism in like America with Reagan and Thatcher in England. And she was like against that in a way, right? She was like, because Americans had all these army bases in, in Germany and it was like... So it was like all about the American power and like how that was just going to one day lead to like something tragic happening by accident. Right. Because we're just like cowboys over here. That's the Captain Kirk line. Right. Like he's just you go in swinging and then worry about it. Right. Right. Because that's what Americans do. So, yeah. The funny that song now like only plays in German. Like I think it has something to do with like the music rights or something because I never hear the English version anymore. I only hear the German version on the radio. Oh really? Yeah. Same here. Yeah, I only hear it too. Yeah, if you have, I guess if you're like listening to Sirius XM or something, it's a little different. But like the radio, I don't even hear it on the radio actually. <laughs> yeah, very, very rarely here. I catch it on like uh, some stations. But yeah. So fucking weird. What a what a story, you know. Like I I love the song. I've listened to it over and over, and I don't think I ever like. We might have talked about this earlier on in the uh, the podcast when we first started, but like I don't think that I really paid attention to a lot of lyrics more over the hype and you know just like things being overplayed in the radio and the sound, the vibe, you know that sort of thing. But yeah, this is definitely like a political statement for sure. <laughs> And it's terrifying too. So, but great vibes. <laughs> okay, so I, I will let y'all go just off the simple fact that we're going to argue over Kirk and Picard. 
But that's I think a whole you, other situation. Next it's, uh, it's unfair because it seems to be like a, a, a standoff here. Because I'm a Kirk fan too. So. <laughs> Thank you. you. Put up my hurt thumb. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, okay, yeah. okay, but still, yes. So it, it's going to be a standoff. We're going to have a shootout. And, yeah. Yeah. I'm a William Shatner fan, but yeah, definitely Picard all the way. <laughs> okay. Anyway, back back to the podcast. <laughs> I don't want to start a war on this shit. I really don't. Or is it going to start another podcast? (laughs) There we go. There we go. Uh, Battle of the Star Treks. Okay. Um, So what I would say about this particular song is she had a point. And, you know, you really... You really had to pay attention to what was being said and how it was being said, because if you did not, especially especially the song structure itself, this is one of those songs where they literally had a fast paced beat and then changed up to a swing beat. And it was like, what the hell? Where did that come from? Just the interchange. Like, where did that come from? And then, you know, it goes back into the main line of the track. So it's like that shit right there was bananas. And if you had any inkling of trying to follow along with the lyrics, that part threw you off and literally put you in a whole other zone. So just by that alone, it was sneaky as hell the way they did it. Um, I still remember the video. I still remember, you know, vividly everything that was going on in there and all the subtle little Easter eggs that you'd have to like pick out in order to find out what everything was all about. So just for the fact of bringing this in, it's not a cop out. Don't take that down. It's not a cop out because it's one of those definitive songs that if we did not hear it, we would not have known how or from her version of how German saw us, mm. so to speak. And so we kind of needed that, especially, you know, I think a wall was still up at this time, right? They hadn't taken it down yet. Y'all correct me if I'm wrong on that. Um, but it's, yeah, I can't, I can't think of what actually happened. But what I am saying is what I do know is this particular song right here was one of those quintessential things that made you think you could, you could pass the ear test by it because it was so catchy. But if you actually paid attention to the lyrics, you'd have a different thought process on it altogether. And now that we have the fact of the internet and not have to worry about the song playing on the radio or trying to buy the album to look up everything. Now we can have a better perspective on what they were talking about back then and just how like kind of big bullyish we seemed um, mm-hmm. as, as far as the United States. So, you know, it definitely uh, was an eye opener. So I was glad that you brought that up. That was eighty nine, by the way. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Well, and I, I think one of the things that like major sells it as a sad song is that that end part where like it drops out and it's really soft. Like it, it's almost like um, Bohemian Rhapsody, Rhapsody's oh. end, you know, where it, anyway the wind blows. But like this, you know, it just drops out and she's like, I, you know, I release a balloon and think of you, and you're like, because like up until then you can kind of play it off at like, well, just a you know something happens but like this actually ends with like a somebody died and now i'm releasing a balloon type of thing like without saying it outright so it's like but that's what sells as the that's one of the main points it sells as a sad song that ending so definitely cool cool you do right (laughs) (laughs) right on cue that was perfect yeah Yeah, triple cool Dave, what's your song? Uh, so yeah, I picked uh, I picked by the Cardigans, song "Love Fool." Uh, and it's it's so this is a situation where um, okay, so it, it's it's a '96 uh, album release, and the album is 
first band on the moon. And so get that out of the way. <laughs> so you know what you're listening to. Um, but uh, yeah, the cardigans are like, this is like a, this definitely has a 90s sound. And that's what I, that's what I gravitate to. But um, the, the album, uh, yeah, the album release, I, I think is definitely like where you're going with this theme because I, I know that they didn't want this to be like a hit song. <laughs> They really wanted it's just, it's definitely like a sad love song. It's it's and it really is in the lyrics. So you, you kinda hear it, but like a lot of the music that I've heard around this time, the late nineties, um, with this like kind of like this is pop rock, disco pop, disco pop. <laughs> that's that's a that's a good one. Um I yeah, I think that they, they definitely thought it would be more of a serious song, but then the beat the disco beat that they threw into it turned it into something that was like top in the charts. So this I mean this song really did like it topped the charts. I think it was like second on the top one hundred or something like that at the time. Um United States and uh overseas. So yeah. No, I I, I I definitely think that it's a great song and it doesn't sound like a sad song and it's not like sad to everybody because <laughs> everybody's going through stuff with relationships, whatever, but like, it is kind of like sad if you look at it from a certain perspective. And I think her perspective definitely would be like, it's, it's just like that could, that could really bring you down, like destroy your, your ego, your life, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, she's like, I cry and I beg for you to love me, love me. But then that, that part love me love me it's like so like you just like start clicking your fingers and you start bobbing your head and you're like the line before it should have just crushed you right like it should have been like yeah well well, plus it didn't hurt that this was on a popular soundtrack album either yeah the romeo and juliet um that was (laughs) like yeah i had that album that's Oh Claire Danes movie? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yep. Oh, I did yes. not know that. With John Leguizamo coming out with the twin uh, <laughs> 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 Oh, the name literally got Desert Eagles and blasted out and I'm like, oh my god, what am I watching? <laughs> <laughs> Well, that movie really threw it like that's that's one of the things that just threw it into like top in the charts and everybody saw it as like a fun kind of like catchy tune, you know, and they wanted it to be something that was a little bit more serious and about a situation with like, you know, relationships and but the disco be thrown in there, too. And like it didn't it, I don't think it originally sounded like this, but yeah, it definitely like it, I think it fits. I think it fits the theme pretty well for her something that's sad that sounds fun <laughs> so got no. yeah you're right this is a hell of a dance track um this guy played any and everywhere and it's crazy because like you like you said it's uh, somebody who knows that that person doesn't love them and you know she talks to her mom and the mom says you know just leave it be just don't say nothing it's like but you know, this is the person that you love but they don't love you back how do you handle that how, how do you do that? And then for the song, literally, you're just telling them, you know, fool me. Make me believe that you love me just because, you know, I, I will be able to, to be cool with that. But, like, damn. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's like somebody need to have that TED Talk and like, okay, I, I'm not with you anymore. I don't love you anymore. Let's go ahead and separate. But for you to try to be like, stay in that relationship, like, that's, that's, that's a hurdle. Like, for real. Yeah. 
and uh, the lead singer is Nina Nina Pearson. So uh-huh. like she she was co writer on this. So this is their I biggest. Think it's like hit, a person. Right? What's that? This is their biggest hit, right? I mean, this is one of their biggest hits. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And the fact that like you know, like, you know Taj had brought that up, like that that it was in Romeo and Juliet. That anything that gets the soundtrack, you know, vibe, and then has a good sound. Like for the time, this was like this is what people wanted to hear. So right, yeah, that was, that was a harder. I was just thinking about you've got those disco riffs in there. You've got the whole groove of the of the movement of the people. You've got the movement of the sound. Um, she's got a light, airy voice that literally carries across the whole track. And the whole time, it's like I'm with a person that doesn't look damn. Yeah. yeah, I've known people like that too. Like I and, and I've seen it like you know over and over again, especially when I was younger, like in high school and whatnot. But uh, yeah, it's painful to see that situation. <laughs> And maybe I've been there a little bit. So I mean, it's I don't know who said it earlier, but we were saying that you know there's a lot of songs about like pain, right? And like I have these conversations with my kids sometime about like things we hear on the radio, and usually it's like that's a love song, and then I'm like, but that's a sad love song. Like there's only two types of love songs, right? There's either like the start of it or the the end of it. There's no like middle love song. It's always like the extremes and. Most of them are like, I think the ones that we relate to the most are the ones where it's ended badly because we've all can remember that in a way. So yeah, it sticks with us. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so yeah, it just in case I haven't thrown out my two cents, it, it, I know the song. I like it. it. I actually like the song a lot, <laughs> but I was like, but then when we listen to it for the theme, it's like, <laughs> Oh yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. That checks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But it, of course, I was when I was younger. I was kind of more desperate person that wanted somebody to love me. So it, it, it probably why it probably struck a chord with me. That's like, oh, I really like this song. So it's like should listen to the song a little bit closer. Yeah. <laughs> so but yeah. drinking in the corner, listening to <laughs> Cardigans. Right. Exactly. Oh. So. All right. So, uh, yeah, I think that was it for our uh, side A. So we're going to go ahead and flip that record and drop the needle on side B. Uh, So, uh, Tommy, you had some uh, homework for us. What what did you have us listen to this week? Yeah, I I asked you guys to listen to um, The Man from Waco by Charlie Crockett. Um, A few years back, I I had uh, I was at uh, Austin City Limits Fest. And I was, you know, getting ready for the day. I uh, like Saturday morning. I was look, looking to see who was playing, and I didn't know who Charlie Crockett was. And I played a song by him called uh, "Not Afraid to Love You" or "I'm Not Afraid." It's called "I'm Not Afraid." Um, and I was in Austin. My girlfriend was here in L.A., and the song like just hit me. I was like, that song's like a love song. It was basically saying like, "I'm not afraid to love you." Like, I'm so in love with you that I'm not afraid. And so I sent it to her. And then I was like, I better go check this guy out. I, like, I want to see who this guy is. And he was on one of the smaller stages and, uh, I became like obsessed with him. Like, um, he's super prolific. He's got like, I don't know, 12 albums in the last, uh, eight years or something like that. Damn. So this is, is one of his most recent ones. Um, it's not his most recent one. He has a live version of this, but, um, you ever get a chance to see him he's a he's it's an interesting like he's young he's in his 30s or 40s um and he uh 30s he uh he's just got this like old time country and western feel about him sort of like uh uh, bakersfield kind of country western like just it's old but he's young and he wears like 
old country suits and just like looks the part. So it's one of my favorite albums right now. Cool. Yeah. And uh, what, what song on here? Ooh, they're all like I honestly there's almost no, um, without exception I I, I I find all of them to be great songs I, I I'm right now I'm really partial to um uh it's it's called Tom Turkey a businessman from Taos wants you to go down so they hired Mr. Garrett uh, and only because I heard it in in conjunction with another song, and it's about Billy the Kid. Um, but I would have never known that it was about Billy the Kid until I, I just happened to hear it against another song that was about Billy the Kid. And I realized that they were talking about the same thing. I heard the lyric, and I was like, oh, wait a second. And it talks about New Mexico, which is my, you know, where I grew up. So I was like, oh, wait, what, why are they talking about, like, where I grew up? And then I started listening to it. Um, it's definitely not, I wouldn't say it's the most uh, radio-friendly on the album, but it's, right now, I just, I, I like it. So my head oh. goes right now. Well, so I'm going to go ahead and jump in here. Uh yeah. When uh, when you gave us the homework, I was like, I, I started up, um, and then like it was interesting that it had a theme, right? It had a short like musical interlude that kind of it doesn't cover all the tracks in there, but it's just like a short like thing to, to put you in the mood. And then it yeah. starts, and I'm like, all right, so this is like some you know classic country, and you know on the first two tracks, and but it kind of switches up, and then like I kind of was feeling like, well, is it? It kind of felt like he was doing like a, well, this is a 50s country. This is a 60s country. This is a 70s, right? It kind of felt like he was doing that. And then out of nowhere, like jazz just jumps in this album and you're like, what am I listening to? But like, I loved every single track on this album from first listen. I, I got to admit, like this album was amazing. Uh, I'm actually going to go for, for me personally, one that the jazzier tracks because it was just amazing. But Trinity River. Trinity River, such a dirty little river. That don't bother me. It's like oh, just yeah. like uh, that. That one sticks with me. I mean, all of them kind of stick with me, and it was enjoyable to listen to the whole thing. But yeah, I was pleasantly surprised, and it's like I like this a lot. <laughs> so I don't know why, but <laughs> I just did, and I was like, cool. Yeah, when you when you say that about like it, it, it feels like a concept album in a way. Like it was purposeful, right? Like, and his music, I feel has been, you know he was like playing on the streets you know busking and like just playing folk music sort of rock like trying to figure out where he fit in and somewhere along the way he found country but he made it he found a country that was like um i don't know i don't want to say roots americana but like it's definitely got an older vibe but like some of the things he's singing about are very modern right like yeah. there's songs that he sings about where he's talking about you know he doesn't fit in in country music uh he's a little uh i would say uh, unknown racially right if you yeah. see him you're like i don't know is he latino is is he black? Is he white? Like, it's hard to know, right? But he yeah. definitely doesn't fit into, like, country music if you just see him. Like, there's something off of, like, not off. There's something not country about him. And yet there's something totally country about him when you see him. Like, when you watch him play, it's like, it's I don't know. It's like the perfect country musician. And he, he it's a persona in a way. So, I don't know. It's very, it's interesting to watch him. I'm really into him right now. He does a lot of covers, like, of older people, like Loretta Lynn songs and, like, just, uh, yeah. So, you want to go first or want me to go? Go ahead, dude. You got it. Okay. Well, I hope I, hope, hopefully I didn't steal your song. Uh, 
So I gotta say, I think you really surprised the shit out of me with this one. <laughs> I didn't know um, anything from this artist, and I went into it expecting not to like it. Honestly, I, I couldn't because I just don't know what. Um, I guess like I guess you can call it country. I don't really think yeah. I call it country. I think it has a country tone to it, but it's um, damn, dude. This is a good fucking album. <laughs> yeah. No, no, it is. I, yeah, I, I like. I, I was from, like I used to be anti-country. I would say like because I grew oh, up really? in New Mexico, I was like yeah. stayed away from country music, and then this guy got his hook in me. So um, I don't even know this? like. I don't have one song that's like, oh yeah, it's my, they're all good. <laughs> and that's what really fucking throws me off because that's not the norm. You know what I mean? A lot of the albums we picked on this, this podcast, like, yeah, I could say like, yeah, pretty good album and I can pinpoint one or two, but like, I think I listened to this like twice already and, uh, I was like working on stuff on, you know, at the house, whatever. And it, it got me through whatever, whatever I was doing. And I just really got into it and I was listening to the lyrics and, uh, yeah, no, just phenomenal, uh, sound. You know, he's, He's definitely like, I think, broken some barrier. There's definitely something there that I haven't heard before. And, you know, maybe, maybe there's others like it out there, but, you know, at this point, I don't care. <laughs> Charlie Crockett, <laughs> you're the first one I heard. So cool, man. Cause you, I picked I'm Just a Clown. I'll take a look at me. I'm just a clown. And on my face. I like how, first of all, I like the weird, like, this could be definitely Quentin Tarantino territory for something, but uh, it's got that jazzy kind of, like, 70s vibe, but, like, the good 70s shit that, you know, might work in a Quentin Tarantino movie or something. Um, I don't know what kind of, like, soundtracks he's done, but, yeah. No, and this song is, like, really cool because he's talking about trying to fit in, but not wanting to be, like, he's, he's, like, humbling himself, you know? And I kind of, like, I I see that as a way to get through life, you know? Not all the time, but, like, it's a struggle. (laughs) And he, whatever, whatever you're doing, you know, like, he's struggling in his own way, but... Yeah, I don't know. I feel like either I was relating to the songs or I was just like really liking the, the vibe and the sound. So uh, I give it a fuck yeah. This is good. That's my reading for this. I usually do a star read, like but it. this gets to like a fuck yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Tommy. Yeah, of course. I'm, I'm glad you liked it. Right. Glad someone else likes it as much as me. So here's the deal about Mr. Crockett. Um, it took me two listens to, to really get a ping on, on what I felt he was coming across in this particular album. First of all, the album slap. I love this shit. Um, every, every song has got its own vantage point, but it pulls you in. And the reason why it does so is because he's, he, like you said, he's not country, but he has a whole country vibe to him. And it wasn't until I heard this track that it literally connected the dots. He is a rebel. This is outlaw music. That's how I would describe this particular music. I would describe this album as an outlaw album. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna give in to the norm. I'm gonna do everything how I want to do it. And in doing so, I'm gonna pay the whole path for myself that nobody else will pay for me. And to me, that, that made like sense. I don't know if it makes sense to y'all, but it made sense to me. And the track that I chose based off of that was Horse Thief Mesa. I'm going up on Horse Thief Mesa I'm going up on 
because he's literally be talking about a guy who's lost it all and turned to a life of crime. And it's like, that totally fits his persona. He feels like a bad boy who doesn't fit in anybody's genre. So he's just going to say, fuck it, take it all and put it together and make his own well. And if that's not artistry, I don't know what the fuck artistry is. <laughs> so I, I love it. I, I definitely love it. I definitely, um, I understand where it's coming from. And I, anybody who's, who's doing their own thing and not trying to you know, be out here for the masses, but really just puts it out just because they fucking love it, I'm all for it. Yeah, yeah I mean, like, I, I certainly get that from him, you know? Like, it's interesting because when I say there's, like, this persona, like, he's, like, he has that, like, whole, like, uh, yes, ma'am, yes, sir. Like, he, he talks to people with respect and quietly mm-hmm. and, like, uh, humbly, but also, like, there's a, there's a ton of swagger to him when he's, like, all also being like performing like there's nothing like he just like commands the stage when he's up there even though like when he's not performing he's like down he feels down to earth and, and quiet but not quiet in like a weak way like quiet and just like i'm a quiet man but when i'm performing like, like there's nothing in the world that can stop me like it, it, he's something to see you got to see him if you yeah. get a chance it's a, it's it's, I don't know how to describe it. I like we, we saw him at a small place here in LA, me and my girlfriend. And, uh, it was interesting because it was LA and all these people showed up who LA is not a country town at all. Right. No. But I saw so many cowboy hats and boots and I was like, what is going on here? And they came from someplace because they wanted to see him and, uh, they filled the place up and it was two and a half hours of just nonstop like him. Uh, with his band yeah it was good the production's crazy he's got the horns going he's got the organ going it's like Mm -hmm. all this like yeah definitely like a 60s and like 70s sort of like vibe to it so you hit hit the nail on the head he's very humble in this setting his approach I've seen a couple of YouTube videos and you know interviewers as well he's very humble in his approach but to me that's what that's what bad boy era or aura is about is I can be humble because I don't need anybody fucking with me. Yeah. And, and when you fuck with me, I'm gonna put you in your place. That's that. That's that whole saying. Fuck oh, out, find out. Yeah. Pull out the can of whoop ass, and I will show you exactly what you want. I will give you what you want if you take me to there. But right now, I'm let me chill out. Let me be in my own zone. I'll be nice and courteous to everybody because when I'm on stage, I'm in my own element. That's where I want to be. I don't want to be in your face. I don't want to talk for ten minutes about you know where you could put me at. Just let me play my music and go from there. He's a musical cowboy. That's what he yeah. is. It's fucking he's John Wayne of the stage, man. He's a damn Marlboro <laughs> man. Right. If the Marlboro man was singing songs, this is what they sound like. You know, and he really did give this like vibe of like the '60s. Like I, I didn't even know mm-hmm. what I didn't know what year this was. I I first looked at the album cover. Tommy and I thought it was like something from like maybe like 65 to 72. Yeah. It's got this retro yeah. feel, right? Like, Way that's fucking retro. great. Yeah. Yeah. But he brings it into the future and then he like, he's like the fucking, uh, I don't know, space age cowboy. John Wayne, you know, I don't know. I, 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 I still can't put words to it yet, but fuck. Yeah. <laughs> he's going to whoop your ass if you fuck around, but if you're cool, then he's cool. Total soccer. I was not expecting to like this shit. Not, not that I, I already had a, a inconceivable thought, like it was going to be bad, but it was more so about what, what am I getting into? What should I expect? Right. And like, so what I am I going to like this? Yeah. Exactly. And I looked up a couple of YouTube songs and, and a couple of, a uh, couple of interviews and such, and it gave me like a, a different persona than what I thought I was going to get. And so once I started listening to the album, I'm like, oh, hell yeah. 
with water. Dude, immediately I wanted to grab a whiskey and start a fire. I mean, this is like, <laughs> yeah. Was so the the song that I think is really fun on here is the name on the billboard because that one it's just like him having fun. Yeah. It, it's kind of it kind of also reminds me of like a a um, it, and it's gonna be weird wire cross, but it it reminds me of um the why am I blanking the heist album what's his name he has a song where he like goes see a record executive and then he's like you know what peace i'm out and that's kind of what name on the billboard is like they're trying to hype him up <laughs> to sign him and he's like ah it's nice seeing you I, i'm glad i got on the billboard but i'm gonna leave now yeah. <laughs> and, and it's like it, it's just interesting that, that that similar type of story but yeah yeah on here and the other thing Diedrich, I, I was surprised you didn't pick the cotton trees time at the cotton trees c- considering how much they mess up your allergies like it's like <laughs> only somebody in texas only somebody in texas would mark a certain time of the year based off of right. allergy season if, if you know you know and i didn't want to bring it up because i didn't want to start sniffing hard <laughs> so so he's but gonna do like that's another one of his love songs that like it just hits you it's like it's like he's just like remembering like someone right and mm-hmm. it's just like it's not memory her, it's just remembering the time. Like time. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Cool her. It could have been anybody else in that place, but the time of where it was captured is in his yeah. brain. And like automatically, yeah. Uh, yeah, I start getting the highs on the back of my throat and shit. And I'm like, God damn, I gotta get out of Texas. <laughs> I can breathe everywhere else, but as soon as I come back in, I'm hacking up like don't like like crazy. So yeah. Yeah. Well, I, no, I, I was he, not gonna pick that. <laughs> I hope he doesn't get marketed for like fucking allergy, like Claritin commercials or something. <laughs> it's like, oh fuck, the money's running out. It's time to do Claritin commercials. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah! Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see this shit in a fucking Quentin Tarantino movie for sure. <laughs> got to, got to. It's it fits right. It fits the bill. I want to hear this shit. Too close to the bill. Like, Tarantino goes those wild picks that nobody's expecting. This would be a hell of a wild pick right now. I'm telling you. Okay. I wonder how many hipsters would get into this. I think this is, this is like an, an artist that could appeal to like, just like young, old, uh, all genre, like people that don't normally listen to country at all. They're going to be like, oh, this is pretty fucking cool. I can see, you know, this is like the honky tonk bar and shit, you know? Yeah, and that, that's when I saw him in Austin, like like I said, it was a small stage, but I felt like the crowd that like had been at that stage stuck around all of a sudden. Like they didn't like leave yeah. to go where they were going to go, but it wouldn't have been someone they had chosen to see. I felt like they all sort of discovered it right. organically and they were like, wait, wait, this is like, this is that find, right? Like this is that artist that we don't know and now we know and we want to know more. So, yeah, uh, man, he keep he would keep people out until like three in the morning for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. So, um, was there anything else you guys said? You're okay. welcome. Oh, man. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, talk all night. Like, you know, I'm with you guys. Uh, but honestly, you know, I, I would, it's, it's kind of a funny <laughs> comparison, but you know who I would actually compare him to? Especially, you know, like you said, you saw him in Austin. I would compare him to a Gary Clark Jr. 
I was gonna say, I was gonna fucking say, and he's not even country at all. So yeah, but he's he's rock, but he's he's got that style that you don't know exactly what to do with, but it's enticing. And he literally hits me like that guy that's like carefree, and I'm just gonna play music. And like this is how I started. I started out just playing music on the corner, yeah. or I started out just playing in the small, you know, podunk towns, and and now I'm, I'm starting to get a buzz and a name for myself and a cult following. And that's I really all you need is that cult following and it'll take you everywhere. And I remember seeing, you know, Gary Clark Jr. on the side with a uh, guitar going to like a right. uh, dirty dog pub or, or something, uh-huh. you know saying some crazy shit and just getting up there during free time and just playing out. And it's like, he's not charging anybody to play. He's just up here just to do shit. And he's yeah. doing it on his own way. And that's exactly how I see Charlie Crockett. Somebody doing it in his own way and it's going to naturally pop. It's how he handles it when it does. And he's not giving a fuck either. So he's just he's just doing this because he wants to. Yeah. And by the way, I I missed Gary Clark Jr. at fucking <laughs> South by Southwest because I I stayed up pretty late that night. Uh, got a torn ligament, all kinds of shit. Standing right. for hours waiting for his ass, and I don't think he went on until like three in the morning. And I don't think he was even that big at the point. But, no, he wasn't. Uh, like he didn't. I, he's one of those artists. He didn't care. Yeah. Just yeah. Yeah. Now you gotta pay 150 bucks to see him, and that's in the back row. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say if if you get lucky, you get 150 bucks. Yeah, Charlie Crockett's gonna just—he's gonna break through, man. I mean, I think he already has, but. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I saw him here for uh, Willie Nelson's 90th birthday. Played both nights, but uh, oh, nice. Yeah, he's uh, he's everywhere nowadays, and uh, I've been trying to see him as much as I can. And like I said, I'm a, I'm, I'm a bit of a fan now, and I'm a little, right. little obsessed. But where was that Willie Nelson birthday party, by the way? That was at the Hollywood Bowl. Oh, nice. It was two nights, and it was interesting. It was two days, so it was two nights, but it was the exact same guests both night yeah so they, they mixed it up a little there was a couple of different people but like they all played like a different set some of them played different sets so it was like you got to see i don't know you got to see your band twice you know everybody came out and played two songs nice. and then willie ended the night so good concert love i love it yeah i love live music so how many bowls did they hand out to the crowd and they were both smoking a joint up on the stage so of course. It, yeah <laughs> Oh, that of sounds course. great. I heard that's a I'm great surprised, venue, too. Surprised you remembered that night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, you it got is me. a great venue, David. Like, if, if you yeah. ever get a chance to out here, I'll, you, you should go. I'll, I'll take you. Yeah, man. That'd be awesome. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm down for that. I love that area. I've taken a couple trips out there. But uh, I was going to say, like, uh, Willie Nelson, um, like, here in Austin, there's uh, different, like, theaters. Um, the Moody Theater is where he's got, like, a, he's got, like a statue um and then i had a friend that did a show there and i got to go backstage and like um see all the stuff whatever there's a giant giant like spliff i think the thing's like 100 feet long and it's like a prop but yeah it probably stays behind stage maybe it comes out for like his birthday thing if he does that here too i think he does yeah but um yeah no that's crazy dude that's crazy. But yeah, Hollywood Bowl. That's awesome, dude. Love it. All right. So, uh, um, Dietrich, do you have some homework for us next week? 
Yes, I do, actually. Um, my homework is coming from an alternative band. Um, kind of got together a duo of sorts and they released the album that I just literally fell in love with. And so I'm talking about the group Bandy. Uh, that's with two eyes at the end. And, uh, the album's 2023 is released this year and it's called A Beat to Make It Better. Uh, so they're a mixture of different things, 10 songs, 36 minutes. You can't go along with it. If you like it, great. If you don't, I don't care because I like it. But I want to hear what y'all have to think about it and let me know. So yeah, bandy right. and a beat to make it better. Okay. Gotcha. All right. Sounds good. All right. Um, well, if there's nothing else, I'm going to go and wrap things up. Um, this has been uh, Trace Tracks. You can find this on tracetracks.com or email us at tracetracks at gmail.com. Uh, we have matching playlists on both Spotify and Pandora. And uh, we do ask that you please subscribe to all past and future episodes. Let's go and sign out. I've been Taj. I'm Damon, not from Waco. <laughs> and I'm Tommy. <laughs> and I'm Dietrich. And uh, we're going to pick up the needle with Yasu Spinning those first time.